Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. And before I get going tonight, I just want to take a moment and just honor Dr. Rodney Howard Brown and and the staff here at RMI. You guys are absolutely incredible to stand for 299 nights. And as last time I was here, I was sharing the test of, or the, the scripture when Paul was lowered down in a basket. The Bible tells us that there was people that lowered him down and held the rope until he dropped down. Those names aren't mentioned, but the reality of all of Paul's ministry existed and is still ministering to people on the earth today because people took a stand. And you are those people. Amen? You can go ahead and have a seat. So, Father, we, we thank you for Pastor Rodney and the whole team here. Bless their socks off. Lord, we thank you for heaps under their account. We thank you for heaps under his account. Pastor Adonica, Pastor Rodney, may you bless them beyond their wildest dreams, Lord. We give honor to them. We thank you for the generals that they are to the body of Christ, for the voice they are to this generation, for the countless fruit that they have produced. We give them honor. But Holy Spirit, we honor you tonight too because you are the one that does the supernatural things in our midst. And we are so excited. I asked them to bring the pulpit down here because as of lately, I've suffered from a crippling fear of going up steps in public. Please pray for me that I overcome it. But every step is a doozy, guys. The threat is real and you never know which one's going to get you. Possibly... One or two or possibly even three. Looking at those stairs tonight, it looked like it would start off bad to believe for supernatural healings when you're the one that needs the healing. Amen. Come on, you can loosen up tonight. Amen. How many people are grateful we're not in the library? On that note, for all you Bible school students, when I was here, I was dead broke. I didn't have any money. I'm not telling you that that's how you should live. You should tap into something greater than I had at that time. But an offering passed by one time and all I had was my library card. I faithfully sowed that library card. And let me tell you, I feel like I reap supernatural knowledge for that. Amen. If all you have is a library card tonight, go ahead and prepare to give that. I want to give a shout out to what the Lord has been doing this past year with us at the River Claremont. It's been absolutely supernatural. My lovely wife is here. And tomorrow night, we're excited. River Music is going to be tearing it up here. So bring like eight, eight hungry friends with you. And uh, maybe we'll even bring some product and give it to people that are really exuberant in worship and praise. Amen? But 2020 was like the greatest year of our life. And I know that's maybe not what most people experience, but I believe ultimately that's what the body of Christ experienced. I believe that the enemy overstretched his hand. And I was thinking about this, you know, I don't remember if it was Pastor Rodney's book or when I was London one time touring a museum, but I remember this story that um, the Rothschild family had sold a bunch of war bonds way back in the day and, and they came back and they controlled the newspaper and they lied to everybody in London saying that England had lost the war even though they had won this certain battle. So everybody was re- turning in their war bonds for pennies on the dollar and it was a massive changeover of wealth. Well, I feel like spiritually speaking, the enemy is trying to lie to people right now 
to get you to believe that we have lost this nation. But I declare by the Spirit of God, this thing is turning around. The enemy has overplayed his hand, and he didn't hedge on a group of wild, Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, devil-stomping, Bible-toting, on-fire believers that say, Hell no! Heaven yes, baby! We're going to shake this generation one more time. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. All right, I'm trying to locate my people tonight. If, if there's a person beside you that's dead, slap them upside the head. No, but really, let me give a shout out what the Lord has been doing, just so you know. This past Sunday, just Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, uh, a gentleman came into the service, came forward for salvation. Why he was receiving the Lord, he'd been suffering from sciatic pain, and it literally sucked right out of his body just as he was asking Jesus into his heart, supernaturally healed. The night before, a woman came in and praise and worship, and an older lady, massive headaches, pain all down her side. It was giving her nausea. She'd suffered that way for a very long time. And in the middle of praise and worship, it literally was pulled out of her body as fire hit her and she was supernaturally healed. Amen. Another guy came forward. He's been radically being touched lately, delivered from a spirit of suicide, addictions being broken off of him. He had done severe damage to his knee, had scar tissue so bad that he didn't have full mobility. The Lord supernaturally healed him this Sunday. Full mobility, all pain gone. Come on, somebody give God some, some glory. I just want you to grab this because what I'm about to talk to you about tonight is having strong faith. Faith is producing something, amen? The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. In other words, you're supposed to be evidence that God is alive. Are you evidence? What is the evidence? It's resurrection power flowing from you, through you, and literally changing people's lives in the seen world. That's faith in operation, amen? Now, the best one, a woman was actually, she goes to our church. Many years, she, she had things attacking her body. And one thing, she had cysts growing on her ovaries. Actually had one of her ovaries fully removed, threw off her hormones, everything. A cyst was growing on her other ovaries, so they removed half of the ovary. And then the cyst, it came back. And so she'd been going in regularly for checkups. And they were telling her, we're going to have to take your last ovary out. She was watching Sunday morning service because she was so sick at home. She couldn't come to the service. And I spoke out, God is going to start giving people organs, brand new organs. And she received it, went back to the doctor. Not only was the cyst gone, but the ovary grew back, people. Documented proof. How many people realize God is still doing miracles in America today? You don't have to fear anything. Amen. All you got to do is dare to believe because if you believe, nothing is impossible. Somebody grab that tonight. Amen. I believe that God wants to do supernatural things on the field tonight. I'm excited. I'm fired up. I had a lot of coffee. I'm going to run around the place tonight. And who knows what the Lord will do. But I believe that great things are going to happen. Turn to me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Special shout out to anybody watching right now. Take a moment, grab your Bible too, wherever you are. I know that many people around the world don't have the luxury that we have here in Florida. And we're fighting for that right. Amen. You got to take a stand. But 
I pray that the Lord would touch you greatly. Hebrews chapter 11, one of my favorite books of the Bible. I'm going to begin at verse 28. It says that it was by faith, say faith. faith. All right. That Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith. Say faith again. Every time we see faith, you just shout it out. Amen? Who's the loudest shouter here? All right. I don't believe any of you. That sounded so weak, you should be embarrassed. No, I'm joking. Oh, there we go. I lit a fire over there. Just so you know, I was hunting turkey this morning at about 5 o'clock. And um, that group over there, it actually sounded like a group of turkeys gobbling. It was the funniest. I was cracking up on the front row. It sounded exactly what I heard this morning. Okay, anyways. (laughs) May the Lord clap you on like I did this morning. It was by faith. That the people of Israel went through the Red Sea as though it were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith. Come on. That the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came tumbling down. It was by faith. Oh, we're getting fired up tonight. That Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. For she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith. That was a little weaker. Of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith. These people, oh, watch this. By faith, okay? Tonight we're talking about strong faith. Let me tell you, take a moment. I'm going to prophesy. I'm telling you what is happening in this generation right now. We're being tried, but all it is doing is producing a greater faith on the inside of a believer that had been dormant. It is awaking a fire on people. This is the hour of great faith, not weak faith, not make-believe faith, not halfway faith, but great faith. Nation shaking, city taken, world turning, body healing, devil stomping, radical faith is what we're in the midst of. And if that's you, shout amen. amen. You have faith on the inside. And we're not talking about faith like the world defines faith. We're not saying I'm of the Christian faith. We're talking about faith that moves the heart of God into action. We're talking about faith that has the ability to call absolutely anything in at any given moment when it is needed. That's faith. See, this Bible says that by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. That's awesome. Come on, somebody. They ruled with justice. They received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. Where's all the men at? Come on. Am I the only man in Florida that every time he sees an alligator, you always run to it because you're trying to catch that sucker? Is there anybody else like me? Okay, thank you. People are always like, what are you doing? I'm like, I can't catch them. They're scared. Probably one day when one turns to me, I'm going to be the scared one. But right now, I've always wanted to catch a gator and try and wrestle it. These people shut the mouths of lions. Faith can do the impossible. Faith can do anything. 
Faith can overthrow kingdoms, rule, and shut the mouths of lions, and quench the flames of fire, and escape by death the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle, and they put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from the death, from death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at. Others' backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. And others were killed with the sword. Isn't that exciting, Bible school students? When I was in Bible school, Reinhard Bonnke came and he gave the commencement speech my first year. He just went home to be with the Lord right before coronavirus. Really kind of suspicious timing, Reinhard. Did you know it was coming, buddy? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but uh, he stopped in mid-sentence and said to my graduating class, he said, I've never said this publicly, but I feel like we are standing, I'm standing in a room full of the end-time martyrs. Some of you will give your life for the gospel. And bro, you could have heard a pin drop. Like half the people were excited because they were like, I want to die for Christ. The other half were like, I want to leave this and I don't want to ever be the person to die. It was such an awkward, holy moment that you didn't know really what site you were even on. You know, you were trying to be like, I'll, I'll die. I'll die. But you were really thinking, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Can I get a witness? Okay. All right. Just making sure I'm not the only one. There's times I cry to the Lord. I'm like, I know I'm supposed to die for you, but I also really want to live. <laughs> Anybody? Okay. All right. Moving on. This guy's leaving. This guy's like, no, kill me. Kill me now. Praise God. Love your, love your, you love your uh, sacrifice. <laughs> Women received their dead back. Others were tortured. They were, they were cut open, chained in prisons, died by stoning, sawed in half. Others were killed with a sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. But watch this. The Bible says they were too good for this world. Isn't that amazing? I read this, I, I've actually read this and just started crying to think about what it took for us to sit here in America today and still know about Jesus and the power of God. It took people that were willing to give absolutely everything to take a stand. So why does this generation just cripple if things look difficult? You've got to rise up and stand with the same faith of people that overthrew kingdoms and say, this is not the hour of darkness. This is the hour of a great awakening in America. This is the hour of miracles breaking loose in America like they've been breaking loose in Africa and the Philippines and everybody says it didn't. No, it's happening in America right here, right now. If you believe it, say amen. amen. It's an exciting time to be alive. It's basically so polarized right now that when you go out preaching the gospel, you are very quickly discovering if someone has a demon or if someone is open to the things of God. It's the best time to be a believer because newsflash, you are on the winning team. Come on. Come on. You've already got your Super Bowl ring. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, devil. We win. You can't break us. You can't take us out. Death is not something in front of us. Death is behind us. We will not taste of death, for we will live forevermore because we died with Christ and we're risen now and we're seated in authority and we are the devil's worst nightmare. If that's you, shout amen. amen. Come on. That's who these people were. Faith. Great faith. When I got saved, I knew I wanted to have great faith. 
I didn't want little faith. I wanted faith that would actually produce something. And that's the key. Faith that produces nothing is not really faith. It's talk. And a lot of people have talk. But you are not those people. You are people of great faith. That can literally grab the heart of God. And call supernatural things into the seen world. Because of your relationship with Christ Jesus. It says that these people were too good for this world. They wandered over deserts, mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. Sounds like people in Tennessee. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. Watch this. Because God had something better in mind for us. So that they would not reach perfection without us. What the Bible is talking about is all of these people did this before the shed blood of Jesus. They did not have a per personal relationship with God like you are able to have now. They were not filled to the top with the Holy Spirit. And yet they overthrew kingdoms. They shut the mouths of lions. They brought the dead back to life. They did supernatural things. And the Bible says the wor they were too good for this world. And yet God says he had something better in mind for you. Let that sink in. Why are you alive right now? Why are you on the stand in 2021? Because God handpicked you to be right smack dab in the middle of it. Because God so loved you and put so much in you before the foundation of the world that he picked you to be alive right now. You of great faith. You of mighty words. You of demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. You with fruit to prove Jesus is alive. Because he lives through me. And he still raises the dead. And he still casts out devils. That's you. That's me. Great faith. Say great faith. Not little faith. But when I was in Bible college, I would hear all the great testimonies. And I'm just going to be totally truthful with you. Okay, I got saved. I was 19 years old. 20, somewhere around there. I don't remember. It was a long, lengthy process for me. Some people get delivered in one encounter. It took a long time for me. So the Lord has still been very patient to work on me to get me this far. Amen. And my wife, too. She's trained up a husband in the way that he should go. So that when he gets old, he will not depart from it. Amen. But I got saved, but I didn't really know anything about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything about the move of God. And... I got thrown into this church in Nashville called Revival Church. It was just an on-fire church. There was like 60 of us. I didn't have any other background other than I went to the First Baptist Church one time and I got kicked out because I clapped when you're not supposed to clap. And I didn't know that. And so <laughs> this was like it. And I remember one time we talked. I don't know if anybody here knows who Robert Kayanje is. You know him? Somebody over there shouting, okay. Praise God. Robert Kayanja came to our church. And I don't really know how we got him to come to our church. Because it was a little church. So they must have really propped up what they, the, what, you know, to him to get him there. But he gave us altar call one night. And in the altar call, the, the church that we were in was a big building, but a small crowd. And I don't know if you've ever been in that type of thing. But it's kind of awkward, you know. It's, but... He gave an altar call, 10, 12 people went forward one night, and he was going through the, through the line praying with people, and he gets to this one lady. Now, this is my story, so you just have to sit and listen to it, because it's true. 
But suddenly, the lights in the sanctuary like started dimming. And I've never seen this since, so don't, don't read too much into it. But, and then my breath, I could see my breath. It got super cold in the building. And I could see my breath. The lights are dimming. And this lady that he's standing in front of starts growling. And I had never seen anything like this in my life other than when I saw The Exorcist. So I knew kind of what was happening. But in that movie, they didn't have the same authority that Robert Kayunja had. So I was like, okay, straight up time to roll. <laughs> Me and my peeps, we out. Let's roll. Throw some holy water on them. Stick them in the basement. Check back in three days. See if they're free. If they're still growling and walking around backwards, just go ahead and move. And so I'm scared. Obviously, I'm 20 years old, 19, 20 years old. Never experienced this before. The room's dark. This thing's growling. And I look over at her husband. Because I'm like, he's got to... What's going on? And he was like taking care of the kids like this is a normal Friday night. Like you should see her at home. <laughs> Just sitting there like, yep, that's my wife. Growl, baby. Give him, give him a good one. Give him one of those deep ones. <laughs> From where I was, I was at, it looked like she was levitating. Now, I don't know that she was. She could have just been jumping up and down, you know what I'm saying? But I was like, okay, nobody else is freaking out right now. Everybody else is like trained Pentecostal. And you know what Pentecostals do? Put the hand out and pray in tongues. Everybody knows. Like we just know it. After you've been in the crowd a little while, you're like. But I didn't know that. I didn't have the training. So I was like looking at the chairs, summing up the distance of can I fit underneath them? And I could. And I did. And I slipped right underneath the back pew. And I just kind of prayed a little while, you know. And I was, I was waiting, but I was listening. And I'm telling you, Robert Kayanja never raised his voice. He didn't like shout like, you foul. The power of Christ compels you. None of that was happening. I didn't hear him ask for holy water. I didn't even ask him. They didn't even ask for Crisco. You know what I'm saying? Like, bring, bring out the Crisco anointing oil. Sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon in it. Fire. When you go forward for prayer and they pull out like not even name brand vegetable shortening oil, you're like, you know what, bro, actually I feel better. <laughs> now I feel like I caught it by faith. Tonight I don't need the oil. Amen. That thing's going to make me break out for three days and then I really will need healing. You put that non-corn syrup, JG, you put the, slip that baby back up underneath that pulpit. If it ain't non-GMO organic flavored, Thieves scent. I don't want to be anointed with it, bro. <laughs> I don't know where this stuff comes from. <laughs> You've all thought it, though. That's the bad part. You're laughing because you thought it when they pulled the bottle out, and you're like, I don't know about this. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm supposed to be hungry for the Lord, but I'm not hungry for that. Like... <laughs> Doesn't the Lord have extra virgin? <laughs> I'm cracking myself up tonight. Well, I'm glad I came. 
back to the story. Come on, people, focus here. You're all over the place. So he didn't even raise his voice. And he just stayed calm and stepped saying, in the name of Jesus, come out of this woman. Come out, come out. And suddenly the power of God, I mean, it's like you could feel the intensity in the room. The temperature returns normal. Power of God hits her. She falls out. He gets her filled with the Holy Ghost. He's praying with her. She's crying. She's hugging. The husband's there. And it was like this beautiful moment. And in that moment, I realized there are levels in the body of Christ. And a lot of people want to act like they're Robert Kayunja when they're me underneath the chairs. And when I talk about great faith, I'm challenging you. Step up your faith. If you're still operating at the same level of faith you operated at 10 years ago, you've got to have a come to Jesus talk in the mirror and ask yourself, why did I stall out? Because the kingdom of God is not a stall out kingdom. It is an ever increasing, always multiplying kingdom of immense power and demonstration. Amen. Amen. Paul even said, I only counted it that I preached the gospel fully when there were signs and wonders that follow the preaching of the word. So unless you're walking in the supernatural, there is something for you to get hungry for and tap into. And I'm talking about you. Not just you're in a church where there's supernatural things, but you don't see it personally. I'm talking about you grabbing a hold of something in your life that causes you to live in the supernatural. Now the Bible takes time to list the gifts of the Spirit. There's nine of them that the Bible talks about. Really, there's only one gift, and that gift is the Holy Spirit. And He manifests through supernatural ways, whether it be miracles, healing, diverse tongues, interpretation of tongues, discernment of spirits, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, whatever it is, or the gift of faith. Those are just operations of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that you're supposed to covet those gifts, which means you're supposed to desire to live a supernatural life, which means in your prayer life, You should not just be asking God to give you things. You should be asking God to anoint you to live a supernatural life and demonstrate that the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation in this generation. And when you begin to do that, then your desires line up with God's desires. And the Bible does say that the gifts of the Spirit are as the Spirit wills. Are you with me? And every religious person uses that to excuse not living a life of supernatural. But if it's as the Spirit wills, and you've been saved 40 years, and you've never been used by the Spirit to do supernatural things, you need to ask yourself, what are you doing in life to where the Spirit has never willed it through you? Because it's for every single born-again believer to live a life of supernatural power. So tonight, I'm going to give you an example or, 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 or training that the Holy Spirit gave me way back in my Bible school days. Which, what did I graduate? Last week, babe? No, many years ago in Bible school here, you know, I, I didn't have much understanding of the things of God. And I just began to ask the Holy Spirit, like, teach me how to grow. Who in here wants to grow? Come on, then I'm in the right. This is, this is why the Lord laid me on this tonight. Tonight you're going to go to another level in faith. A genuine level. We're not talking hype talk. We're talking about functioning at a greater level of the things of God and being able to see things that you had not seen before and operate in areas you have not operated in before. If you believe it, grab that right now. It's your night, baby. I believe it's your night. Now, back it up with what Pastor Roddy said. 
I'm going to start with this. 3 John 1, 2 in the Passion Translation says, Beloved friend, and that's how I feel about all of you tonight. You're my beloved friends. Amen. I count you as a friend. Do you count me as a friend? Half of the crowd, the other half, they don't really like me. Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way. That you continually enjoy good health just as your soul is prospering. So you have the right in the kingdom of God to prosper in every area of your life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you really believe it? Well, then look at your life right now. And tell me, is there any area of your life that you are truly desiring? I want to go to a greater level in my marriage. I want to go to a greater level in my ability to minister. I want to go to a greater level in finances. I want to go to a greater level in the prophetic. I want to go to a greater level in the things of God. I want to go to these levels. Then you have a scripture to stand on to say, I believe that I can prosper in every way of my life, every area of my life. There is nothing off limits that the word of God and faith cannot make better. If you believe that, grab that. Now, why does that matter? Because a lot of people will put blinders over areas of their life. And they'll be like, everything's great here, but they ignore this area. There's people that have been used greatly by God and allow certain areas of their life to slip unawares until the enemy finds a way to take them out of that area. I'm talking about take the blinders off, look at your life and realize that with the same faith it takes to believe for miracles to flow when you preach is the same faith to believe your marriage will be strong, the same faith to believe that your finances will be strong, the same faith to believe that your own body will be healed. Amen. Because the kingdom of God is not an either or. It's an and. So he heals your body and heals through your body. He heals your marriage and heals marriages through you. He brings in finances and causes you to give. Amen. Is that good? You okay with that? You happy with that? Am I awakening something? You got to realize every area of your life, you have the right to ask God to get in that area. Come on. Nothing is off limits to God. It's like when you invite the Lord over. Do you have the room in your house you don't invite him in? Or do you open the door and say, God, get in everywhere. Because I'm believing for prosperity in all areas of my life. That is the faith that overcomes this world, the Bible says. Now, as a child of God, I think it's important that you have to basically choose to live a life of faith. Which means because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. What we can slip into is just doing things that we can produce. And you could literally take the scripture and say that if you can do it on your own, it does not please God. You with me? So you have to train yourself to live a life of faith. So are you believing God in areas of your life all the time where you're like, I need a miracle here so that you stay active in your prayer life active in your studying because you're pushing yourself to another level in the realms of God. And if you train yourself personally to do that, you're going to begin to see great breakthrough in your life. Likewise, if you begin to use the same faith for your personal life and start applying it to this nation, because we are one body, and start really bombarding things for this nation, then we can begin to see greater things in this nation. The problem has never been that the enemy has a well-devised plan. The problem has been that the people of faith have not been operating in great faith. 
Are you with me? You're sidetracked. So we've got to step to another level. And I, for one, am hungry for that. And I asked the Lord. I asked the Lord. I've been asking the Lord to take me to another level. Maybe, maybe I should share it. I, didn't, I wouldn't plan on it. But I've been asking the Lord for, for multiple. My staff can testify. Asking God to take me to another level. And, you know, Pastor Rodney coined the phrase, new level, new devil. You ever heard him say that? It's like there's levels of resistance that you've got to press by, by, by past in the spiritual realm. And I've been asking God, man, I want to go to another level. Everything in my life, I look at people in need and I'm asking God, I need increase here. I need an anointing there. I need wisdom there. I need revelation there. I need help right here. My God, could you use me in a greater capacity? Because I look at the nation and I'm like, we need people of faith. Like the generals that the church always points back to, the Smith Wigglesworth and the Lester Summerall's. Well, we've got to raise up a hundred times more in this generation. God is not the God of just the past. He's the God of right now. And for every Reinhard Bonnke and Billy Graham that has passed over into glory, God wants to raise up a thousand more in their stead, and he's doing it swiftly. All he needs is a person that would engage and say, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Time to get real. Now the Bible says in Colossians, no wait, in Jude 1 20, I'll read this. It says, but you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith and pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's in the New Living. Two commands here. Build each other up in your most holy faith and then pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're supposed to build each other's faith up. How do you build each other's faith up? By living a supernatural life so that every time you tell testimonies like I started the service with right now, it would awaken in a brother and sister that God is still doing the miraculous right now and they want to go to another level. You with me right now? Stir each other to action. God can do ridiculous things swiftly. And I feel the writing is on the wall. I feel like, God, I feel like the enemy overplayed his hand and it's like I would use the term that he angered the Lord like I would use that term I feel like God is like a roaring lion right now saying you touched my bride you you touch my girl I'm gonna send forth a wave of the glory of God in this generation that the history books combined cannot even begin to get the total of we are we're in it man we are right in it and it's God. It's not you. Faith is understanding. God is the one that does these things. All I got to do is get little old me out of the way. Great faith. Say great faith. Great. So when I was in Bible school, I asked the Lord to teach me to have great faith. And the Lord gave me these steps. So I'm going to give it for you tonight. Step number one. The Lord said to get great faith, you're going to have to activate your faith for a specific thing. Why does that matter? Because... If you're not actually believing for something specific, you're never going to have the testimony to tell of what the Lord has done in your life. Amen? So you actually begin to ask God for something and then use your faith to acquire something specific, which means you are asking God, like take America right now. We need to ask God for a lot in this nation. We need to ask God to turn this sucker around. Are you with me right now? Now, your personal life, maybe it's finances you're believing for. Maybe it's some restoration in an area of your life. But you need to put that sucker before you 
and put it on a mirror. Remind yourself what you're asking God. Stir your faith for it until it actually is produced in your life. And that's true faith. Faith is not just suffering until Jesus returns. Faith is having the ability to pull something from the unseen realm into the seen realm. So that everybody can look and say, there's evidence right there. Ask God for something. Right now in your heart, is there something burning in you? Maybe that you've not been tapping into right now. Begin to ask God for that thing right now in your life. And then put it before you. And I tell you, God is a swift God. Things are going to supernaturally begin to happen in your life very quickly. I asked the Lord to take me to another level. And it's like I asked another level of faith to believe for finances as we lead the church forward. This past 12-month period, our church has seen literally doubled our amount of income. We have doubled the amount of people in the church. We expanded our building and paid cash for it. Everywhere we look, God is supernaturally increasing us. The building was slammed full. Two services on Sunday. We're needing to maybe add a third service. God is looking to do supernatural things in this hour. But it takes people of great faith. Ask the Lord to take you and cause you to grow in great faith. The Bible says... Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. It's one of my favorite scriptures. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So see, when you get specific, you got to stay with it. Unstable people change their mind. The Lord led me here. The Lord changed his mind. The Lord's going to bless me in this business. No, the Lord's not going to bless me in this business. Find something, believe it, stick to it, and don't let up until you produce something from heaven. Tired of fickle believers, aren't you? Bunch of unrooted, ungrounded people that bounce here and there and never produce anything and then live a life, 40 years of non-production. You've never been called to do that. You're supposed to have faith that produces something for God. It's like they said of David Oyadepo, they asked him, what is your net worth? He said, my net worth is that any given moment at any time, I could call in exactly what is needed. That's power right there. That's faith right there. Jesus even said, you could ask anything in my name and I will give it to you. The Greek, as Kenneth Hagin said, I haven't studied it because obviously I'm from Tennessee, so I'm not like a Greek scholar. But Kenneth Hagin said in the Greek, the words used actually meant Jesus said, ask anything of me. If I don't yet have it, I will go and make it and bring it to you. Think about that. So what is the Bible saying? Jesus was saying, look, look at what is needed and realize that your father in heaven can produce absolutely anything to a person of faith and ask God to use you in that area. Amen. Be specific. Stir your faith up for something right now. Right now, ask God for something across the field. If you've been asking God for something, maybe you've got a prayer list. Maybe you're single and you're looking for your boo. You know what I'm saying? It would be a good thing to pray about. Because if you get the wrong boo, life ain't going to be very good for you. <laughs> Men, you get a nagging wife. The Bible says you would rather live on the corner of your roof. Think about that. That's harsh right there when you're hanging on the corner of your roof because she's nagging you. 
What happened? You didn't pray. <laughs> Something happened. Anyways, that's not a popular subject. I can feel hate coming at me right now. Lord, we just pray healing right now in this, across this field. Thank you that no fiery dart launched at me tonight can find its target. Okay. <laughs> That's something that my wife and I fight for, though. We do fight for marriages. We do believe in the covenant of marriage, and we believe that God can turn absolutely anything around, and we have seen it. Amen? So things can get better. Say better. So activate your faith for an amount or specific thing. Be single-minded and stick to it. Step number two, God told me this, sow towards it. When I was in Bible school, they said to tap into the anointing, you can pray it into the room, you can preach it into the room, or you can sow it into the room. And I knew at that time I was actually terrified of public speaking. And whether you realize this or not, I'm not a very good singer. And so I didn't have really any way of getting the anointing in other than giving something away. And praying. And I was like, Lord, I'm going to learn to pray and stir myself up. And I actually would wake, wake up. I worked at Moffitt Cancer Center. And I would drive to work. And I'd have to get up at 4.17 in the morning, exactly 4.17, to get to work at 5 a.m. I knew it to the minute. And that's when I wore my, my work clothes. I would sleep in my work clothes, drive straight there, clock in at 5 a.m., dog tired. You know, it's the river. You got home at 2 a.m., let's be honest. And... I would be so tired driving to work that my flesh wanted to complain and nag and drop out. I saw a lot of friends drop out and quit. And one time the Lord, when I asked the Lord, teach me to have great faith, the Lord said, well, what is having great faith? I said, it's being full of faith. And the Lord said, so you're saying it's being faithful. You got to be faithful to get great faith. So I'd drive into work and I would stir myself up and I'd pray in the Holy Ghost until the atmosphere of my pickup truck would literally transform, like my hair would stand up, I would feel the presence of God, and I would be rejuvenated from God in that moment because you can tap into something supernatural. I had a little Ford Ranger pickup. Since then, I can pray and feel a Ford F-150 crew cab now. <laughs> Baby, I'm growing. For long, I'm going to be able to get a 15-passenger van saturated. And then who knows what's next, hey? A school bus goals people set goals <laughs> sow towards it you got to sow towards it the bible says that god will not be mocked he will not be deceived that if you you reap what you sow the bible in the amplified says whatever a man shall sow that and that only will he reap so if you look at the world and you look at things happening in your life and you are hungry for God to do something in your life in an area, find someone that has broken through in that area and begin to sow towards that thing. Your children are not serving God right now. Start serving in kids' church and pour into another kid and watch God send someone to pour into your kid even though they're 34 years old. Are you grabbing this right now? I feel like this is the most unpopular message ever preached on the stand. You got to rise up. And take your life and realize that just being associated with people of great faith is not what God called you to do. He called you to personally have great faith and you to have testimonies that move the hearts of people to believe God for greater things. So towards these things. So in all areas, you're believing God for business. I, I listen to a lot of multimillionaire books and all those things, wealth management, because they're actually operating in faith. 
Most multi-multi-millionaires are operating in principles of faith, whether they realize it's faith or not. And you'll find a common theme that many successful people volunteered their life to work for a competition to study and realize what they do and just worked as an intern to acquire the talents, in other words, sewed into them so that they themselves would acquire what is necessary to build an empire themselves. Yet the kingdom of God, sometimes we miss the power of sowing. We think it's only in an offering at church. Your entire life is a seed. What are you sowing into every day? You yourself are made of dust. So what are you putting on the inside of you to produce life back out of you? Learn to be a sower. Learn to be intentional about areas in your life that you need to see a breakthrough in. And realize that if God will do it for somebody else, he will do it for you because he is not a respecter of persons. God can do great things through you. Whether you're young or old, God is looking to raise up an army of people of faith that can call the dead back when they need to call them back. That can bind up the enemy when the enemy needs bound up. That can tap into areas of financial breakthrough when God needs the body of Christ to tap into it. Are you with me right now? So towards it. Giving does something supernatural. Think about the things of the Lord. Think about the kingdom of God. God literally gave one son so that he could reap millions of sons. There's something supernatural released in a life that learns to give. Be a giver, not just financially. Be a giver of your time. Be a giver of your prayer. Be a giver of kindness, of love. And watch what the Lord will turn around and sow back into your life. If you're a sower, you will also be a reaper. People say, I don't have any friends. That's because you're unfriendly. <laughs> The Bible says to make friends, be friendly. So let's work on that. Amen? From now on, I'll sign all of you, go home, look in the mirror and say, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> Choose to be a giver and watch yourself live from that generosity. Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 says, give freely and become wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Who's a giver here tonight? Give the Lord a great big shout of praise. As long as you live your life as a giver, you will see that the Lord, that word always produces results. When you sow, you will become a person that lives a life of reaping the blessings of God. Step one, activate your faith. That's asking God for something. Step two, sow towards that thing. Step three, find someone to agree with you that it is already yours. There is something crazy spiritual about agreement. How much is the Bible always talking about unity? In fact, the book of Acts talks about the very foundation of the church, the beginning, that they were rooted in unity together. So much unity, the Bible says, that they went and sold their land and all their possessions and laid it at the feet of the apostles. Let that sink in. In America right now, that would, I mean, people literally gave everything. They heard the gospel preached one time and sowed it at the feet of the apostles. That was the foundation of the early church. The Bible says they were unified, met together daily, and ate and break bread. You know you're friends with someone if you're constantly eating with them. Amen? Amen. Come on. And so there's something about agreement 
that releases a blessing from God in your life. You've got to find someone to come in agreement with. If you are married, learn to pray out loud with your spouse. If you are not married, find a good friend. If you live in Alaska and you're watching right now and you're the only person in a 500-mile block, move to Florida. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Come in agreement with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and there will be two in agreement right there. For the Bible says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Shakataka. Rabababa. There's power. Why does it matter? Why, does, why do you think God matters? Because we're talking about faith. God loves to do things for his children because he's a God of love. Amen. How many parents out there, you see your kid, you weren't planning on it, but you find yourself pulling money out of your wallet and just giving it to them and you're asking yourself, what am I doing right now? But there's a big smile on your face and you're just going to do it anyways. Why? Because you love your child. Your Father in Heaven loves to give to you. It's His nature to give. So you're not asking God to do things He doesn't do. But God loves agreement because when you come in agreement with someone and God does a miracle, He gets the glory for it. You can't take the credit when God does it and you came in agreement with someone else. They know you asked God for it. And God gets the glory. Amen. So find someone to come in agreement with. My wife and I. Many, many years ago, we, we didn't have a lot of money. In fact, at that, that time, our budget was so tight that at the end of every month, if we followed the budget, we had $6 left over after the time we paid all of our bills. Do you know what you can do with $6? Nothing. You can do nothing with $6. So in other words, we did not have a life. We would look at each other with love bubbles and say, one day we'll be able to go out and get a Slurpee at the 7-Eleven. Can't wait till that day comes. But we followed it. And then we get this, you know, we're pressing in. We're praying and asking the Lord for increase. And then we, 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 we decide we're going to take all of our savings, all of our money, and we're going to invest it with a friend. And the Lord gave the friend one word, and the word was scooters. Okay? When you're believing God for a breakthrough, and the Lord leads you to a businessman, and they're like, the Lord gave me a word and it's scooters, instantaneously your faith is like, uh, come again? Yeah, oh, scooters, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly, fill fire on that one, bro. How are you going to break through, scooters? Like, it's almost like you whisper it around people in the church because you're somewhat ashamed. Hey, bro, man, you, you, look, you looking for a scooter, bro? I know a guy. How back, man? We got scooters from China. Good stuff. <laughs> but so we give him all of our money. He goes to buy scooters. We don't hear from the guy for months. Now we're like, bro, what's happened to our scooters? Did we ever sell a scooter? Because I don't know about you. Has anybody in here ever bought a scooter? Wave your hand if you bought a scooter. Okay. Okay. We got some scooter rights. You're welcome. I probably dealt. No, I'm just joking. 
So every night my wife and I are in bed. Now grab this, people. It's this simple. We knew nothing. We thought our scooters were not moving at all. So my wife and I are desperately holding hands, looking at each other at night, and stirring each other to faith, saying, God, wherever our little scooters are, I speak over those scooters that those scooters would scoot, Lord. Scoot them down the production line and right out the door. May our scooters be the best scooters in Tampa, Lord. Jesus! I mean, we're praying fervently because we have nothing to go on. All we can do is agree. Our scooters are moving, baby. Night in, night out, months tick by. Finally, I get a hold of the guy after he did not answer the call for like two months. So you already think, all right, finally he's picked up. Something bad happened. And he was like, I'm sorry. We've just been so busy selling scooters. We're on our fifth shipment of scooters. We're blowing these scooters out. I'm like, tell me more. Tell me more. I'm like, buy 100 scooters. He's like, hold on, bro. Let's just chill out. Scooters. But seriously, from our investment, we made like four times the amount of money that we put in of our life savings at that time into scooters. We were so happy to bring that tithe check to the church. And two weeks later, the Lord gave me a raise substantially at my job that put us through the roof to where we could go out and get a Slurpee. Somebody give glory to God. Get in agreement. Stop this hold. Stop letting the enemy shut your mouth from opening things up and declaring things and finding someone of faith to come in agreement with you. There's people all around you in this field that'll pray and ask, you want to know about the power of agreement? Oh, I'm about to drop it. Mm, I feel it. That just came my spirit. Watch this. She'll call. This is going to blow your mind. You're not, you ain't ready for this. You ain't ready for this. You ain't ready for this. Pastor Jason ain't ready. My friend in, in Nashville, he's always said, I always say, bro, why do you always say I'm not ready for it? I'm like hungry. I'm ready for it. He says, I only say that when I forget what I'm saying. So y'all, y'all ain't ready for this. Amen. So years ago, ooh, 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 shabababa, about to get lit up in here. You better just get ready. Something's about to break on this field. This is a powerful testimony that still rocks me when I think about it. Because it's literally, I see the fruit of it every day. Years ago, I'm preaching in a, in a big church. It's a large church. The power of God slams the place on Sunday morning. So supernaturally. I mean, it was like people ran forward. They're crying. I mean, it was like a bomb. of The Holy Ghost went off. And I came back that night because the pastor's like, come back tonight. So I preached the night service. And a woman walks up to me and says, an older lady, and she grabs me after the service. And she says, I need you to come in agreement with me for something. And we're talking about the power of agreement right now. Just broke off my, my thing. And I said, well, what, what do you need? She says, I have a son that's not yet really serving the Lord. But I know he has a call of God on his life. I've known it my whole life. Would you come in agreement with me tonight that the Lord would find my boy? That he would shake him. That he would turn his life around. And he would bring him into the call of God on his life. I said, absolutely, I'll pray with you right now. I grabbed hands with this woman, didn't know her, but I felt it. And I was like, Father, wherever this man is right now, we pray that the ministering of the Holy Spirit would find him, 
that you would shake this man, you'd turn his life around, and the call of God on his life that she has been speaking over him would be fulfilled in the name of Jesus Christ. There's power in that name. If it's in the name of Jesus, every demonic agency on the earth has lost its grip to stop it from coming to pass. His name is above every name that can be named. Jesus. So we go from traveling evangelists to now we're preaching and we're pastors in Claremont. I mean, it was like a turn, it was a, a, a whirlwind. Trying to go from this to now this. We're preaching, breaking this city open, breaking this church open. And the Lord brings in a couple supernaturally. And this couple is just a blessing to God. And, and, and unknowingly, we both feel in our spirit, there are, there are associate pastors. That's who they are. So we go to them. We're like, we feel like the Lord has brought you on, on board with us to be our pastors. And they were crying. They were like, that's what the Lord told us. So like our second anniversary as a church, we ordained them as our associate pastors. On the front row of the church is the lady that I had agreed with years previously that her son would get on fire and step into the call of God on his life. I just ordained him as our associate pastor because when it is the Lord, guys, you better grab this. I feel a Holy Ghost explosion. Rakaraboto. Velebroto. Jesus. You are walking in Holy Ghost ordained footsteps. And all it takes is a voice of faith to say things are about to break loose at another level. If that's you, give God praise. You're going to another level. I feel it tonight. That which has held you back has lost its grip forever. You will break ground like never before. Jesus. Come in agreement with someone. Secondly, after you agree with someone, then you have to continuously water it with words that you speak out. Are you with me right now? Speak it out. Speak it out until your mind believes it and then you receive it. You declare it so much. My wife always says when she, she loves to talk about this because I open my mouth and say the, the weirdest stuff. Like one time I was a traveling evangelist and somebody was mocking Joseph Prince. Now I'm not like, I don't know Joseph Prince. You know, he calls me all the time, but I, I just send it to voicemail because I'm like, bro, I'm too busy, you know, and you'll never look this good. I'm just, I'm just joking. But someone was mocking him and saying, he's got his own private hairdresser. And they're like, I can't believe a minister would have a hairdresser. First of all, everybody here has a hairdresser. Like, what the heck are you talking about? Otherwise, we would all look like Noah getting on the ark. And how hideous would that be? Thank God, children of God have hairdressers. My God, we're supposed to be attractive and pull people in the kingdom, not repel them. Like, here comes the goofy teeth. Scraggly looking children of God. <laughs> I want to join them. No, you don't. <laughs> the power of Christ compels thee. 
<laughs> it's the Nazarite vow. Well, let me just tell you right now. That's old covenant. It's time you get your hair cut because you look like a girl. You're welcome. I told you that. And your girlfriend's been wanting to tell you that. But I have the confidence to say it. But I'm like, lay off Joseph. Bro, leave that guy alone. If he needs a hairdresser, let him have a hairdresser. And so then I actually say out loud. I said, one day the Lord's going to give me a hairdresser. That travels around with me. Like two weeks into our church, hairdresser walks up. Who does your hair? I was like, I do right now. She's like, I can tell. <laughs> Thanks for the subtle, like, warm-up to, you know, build. Me. Now, what a blessing. We have a hairdresser. She blesses our socks off. Pay cash. We've got a private salon at our church that we didn't pay anything for. She, she put it all in there, and I get my hair done. So I'm like Joseph Prince. I'm like, bro, all I need now is the leather biker jacket, you know? And as the level I've been operating at right now, I'll probably have one of those by the end of the week, dude. <laughs> Next time you see me, I may be in a motorcycle jacket with jet black hair and have an Asian dialect. <laughs> it's freaky what's happening right now in my life. The blessing is intense. Then I started telling people, I'm going to have a physical trainer because I don't know how to lift weights. I'm sorry, all you people that lifted in high school. I was a dairy farmer. All I did was milk cows. I can take you and show you how to get milk out of that thing that dangles from a cow. <laughs> but I didn't know how to squat, front squat, deadlift. I'm like, what are you talking about right now? I went in there and had, uh, you know, fear grip me. So I'm like, the Lord's going to give me a physical trainer. Dude walks up. What training regimen are you on? And I'm like, I don't have one. He was like, I can tell. Don't you love how blunt people are in the kingdom of God? People introduce themselves by saying, I just tell the truth. What they're actually saying is I'm a jerk and I'm rude. But he's not. He came forward and he was like, he's like, I want to train you. He bought my gym membership for two years and met me every day at the gym and taught me how to lift weights for free. Are you grabbing this right now? Anything, I mean, people are like, this is, it went from spiritual to now it's just worldly. We're talking about hair and bodies. Well, these things matter to my wife. We're talking about marriages getting stronger, you know what I'm saying? Get that salsa back in you. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'm the guy that crosses the line. I apologize. I've been doing it my whole life. But you speak things out. Just declare things by faith and continuously water them. Don't let your mind uproot the seed that you put in the ground in faith. Many years ago when we were traveling, we were believing God for a massive breakthrough. So we gave the biggest seed we had ever given, literally everything we could give, to the point that I had nothing left in the bank account. I couldn't make payroll. Uh, I'd already, I didn't have anything really to do. And we put it in the ground. My mind 
went nuts the next day. The moment it happened, I was like, this is the greatest. I feel breakthrough. The next morning, you don't feel breakthrough. You know what I'm saying? Anybody testify, you know that feeling that, that like, what did I do last night? I was drunk on the new wine and that, that, daddy got to pay some bills now, you know? <laughs> Jesus, what are we going to do here? I'm going to go back to the river tonight just to have a drink to deal with my... So literally your mind wants to pay, play every trick. Like it goes in faith, then you're pleading for mercy, then you're asking for grace, then you're back in faith, then you're pleading for mercy. You're using scripture you never even used before for things that don't at all work scripturally. You're, you're clinging to everything you can. But learn to not open your mouth. Just keep your mouth shut. When I go through things, people don't really know other than the fact that I get quiet. Because I've learned the truth of if you can't say something in faith, don't say anything at all. Just pray in the spirit and keep your mouth from speaking things out. And so it's like we bro- I would just pray and every time I open my mouth, I'd thank the Lord for breakthrough, thank the Lord for breakthrough. And finally I'm preaching one night and I feel like we break this thing wide open. The offering that night, I'm like, count the offering. We just had a breakthrough in our ministry. What's the offering? And my wife's like, $150. I was like, count it again. <laughs> there might have been a million dollar bill slipped under the hundred dollar bill. But I, I get done preaching and I look at my phone and there's a voicemail from a gentleman I'd met many moons before. And they said, we just, you prophesied over us when, we, when you saw us that the Lord was going to give us a great financial breakthrough in our business. That great breakthrough just came of 300 something thousand dollars. And the Lord said to send the tithe your way. It's headed your way. It was a total game changer for this at that time. But it's learning to speak things out. What are you declaring about your Father in heaven? How great is God? Last year was a whirlwind of just emotions released. The spirit of fear for sure released upon people. People lost their ever-loving mind. We would go out to pray for people in parking lots, and they would literally be shaking. And they would be afraid, and they don't even know what they're afraid of. And you'd have to hold them, and then the peace of God would fall on them. Grown people. And they'd start crying and then be like, thank you, thank you. And you'd hug them. And they they, they lost their fear because you carry something as a believer. But it was a crazy year. But when it first hit, my mind, which many people, I'm sure I had to go through this, you were thinking it's going to have financial repercussions to the church. And I had the thought, but instantly I pushed it from my mind. And I was like, no. And I spoke out, our church is going to double. We're going to see increase. We're going to multiply. We're going to take territory. And exactly what I said is exactly what we had. Because what you say is what carries you forward as you declare things. The power of creation has been given to the children of God. For you're made in the image of the Father. When you're born again, a new spirit was breathed on the inside of you. That's the same spirit that spoke everything into existence. It's from that spirit we draw forth life and declare that the impossible will happen and God will make it come to pass. If you believe it, say amen. You say, but it seems very impossible right now. It doesn't matter. It just matters. Will you lend your gift of faith on the inside and speak out in faith and give God something to move miraculously on? Speaking it out has power. 
when you speak it out, something is released in the Spirit. It's literally a seed that is declared that the Spirit of God can breathe upon and make it come to pass. Some of you need to learn to speak more. Amen? Boast on the goodness of the Lord. The Bible says if you're going to boast on anything, boast on the Lord. So what we're talking about, boast on how big God is. He can do these things. You lay hold of it by speaking it out. For the Bible says, Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Step number five. You ready for this? So you ask God for something specific, sow towards it, come in agreement, lay hold of it by speaking it. And number five might be the funnest one. And that is you bind the enemy from stopping it from coming to pass. Somebody says, is this real? Jesus himself used the terminology. That there is a strong man at which you tie up and bind up so that you could enter into his house and spoil his goods. What is Jesus talking about? The Bible says that in the earth today that the, the devil is classified as the prince of the air and the ruler of this age. He tries to build his kingdom and is successful until a child of God walks into his territory. He builds what he wants to build. But you, as a child of God, blood-bought with the same authority that is on Jesus Christ because the Bible says you're a joint heir with Christ. Let that sink in. Because what does the Bible say about Christ? He's been exalted on high. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. All glory, all power has been given unto Him. And the Bible says you are a joint heir with that Christ. So you are supposed to walk in supernatural dominion. Rise up. Sometimes you got to get a little angry at what is happening in the nation and what's happening in your life and say, no, by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I take authority over you right now. You will have no access to my house, to my family, to my marriage, to my finances, to this nation, to my city, to my church, to my wife. You have no access. Stir it up, church. Stir it up. Rise up in power and begin to declare. Bind the enemy. You cannot stop what God is about to do, devil. I was asking the Lord to take me to another level. Some crazy things happened once several Sundays back. It was the closest to heaven I have ever gotten in my life. All I could think was holy, holy, holy. I couldn't speak. I was on my knees. I was weeping, laughing, crying, totally beside myself because it was so strong in the room. I was terrified to look around. And when I finally looked up, our entire band was laid out under the power of God. And yet there was a full band still playing because there are realms that are breaking loose right now. Where John said he was caught up into the realms. In the presence of the Lord, there's times of refreshing. Paul said, I was caught up into a place where it's unlawful for me to even utter what I saw. Whether in the body or out of the body, I don't even know. We're talking about supernatural realms of the spirit where something heavenly is transpired. And in that moment, I was weeping because I was like, this is... 
this is probably the strongest the Lord is moving on the earth right now. That's what I felt because it was so thick. And I was crying because I was like, he's doing it at our church. A little old church in Claremont and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is so strong in this place right now that it is impossible to not get a miracle. I could not speak. I didn't even know it was the biggest blur of a service. I went home and I just wept and just laughed all night long. I'm just weeping and laughing and crying. I mean, it was like the greatest moment of my life, church. It rocked me to the core. Let me tell you, you think you know God, you have not even scratched the surface of how holy, how glorious. That's the power of God on this lady right here. That's this couple. Get this couple. Is this a couple? Get them out. Get them out. That's the fire of God on you right now. He's going to take this. He's taking y'all to somewhere. Fire. It's all over you. Jesus. There it is. Fire. Talking about going to a place in the realms of God. And acquiring something so pure from God. This world doesn't even know how to comprehend what is available in this hour. God is dishing out supernatural things. Supernatural things. So to the hungry and to the pure. To the people that will press in. you got to get hungry for these things. I'm telling you. Stop. 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 Make an excuses and say, God, we, this generation is going to go deeper than any generation before us. We're going to go deeper than any revival that has ever been read, up, read about before. We're going to places in God. This, this, this girl right here. That's a fire God all over you. Step out of here. Step out of here. Lift your hands. Jesus. It's coming, it's coming, it's Man, the Lord wrecked me. So two weeks after, I go to bed. And I have this dream that was not a dream. It was more than a dream. And in the dream, I have this supernatural moment where I'm watching Dr. Rodney Howard Brown and he had built an entire house like a like a playhouse he built it as a giant set and and I'm watching it with Kenneth and we're laughing we were watching like it was on TV and I was laughing because we were like nobody's like dad he's the only dude that would build a gigantic playhouse and use it as like a and that doesn't even seem far removed from his personality you know like he'd just do it, and they're like, oh, there's a gigantic playhouse. He was dancing around, and he said, man, everybody's been bra bragging about this game. He says, well, my son-in-law, Caleb, said that he would beat everybody, and here's the numbers, and he's beating everybody. And in, this is a dream. And in the dream, as soon as I see that, I think, new level, new devil. And as soon as I think that, the scene changes. And I'm in a garage, and there's this man pleading for help. He's like pleading for help. His body's writhing in pain. His mind is gone. He's screaming for help. And there's this annoying sound playing from a record. And I run over to shut it off. And as soon as I turn to the guy, he's running outside to this girl. And I see this girl. She's got a crowd of people with her. And he says, I know this person. And I run out there. And the girl looks me in the eyes. And she says, this guy has a spirit of death, spirit of fear on him. We're going to cast it out. 
And when she lays hands on him, her whole body contorts. And it was instantly, I knew in the dream, she is not casting the devil out. She is the devil herself. It was the most demonic. Her skin went like flaky white. Her eyes went black. She was staring right at me in the dream, and I didn't let off. I stared right back. And suddenly she leapt at me. And in the dream, I'm holding this lady, and it's clawing at my throat. It's trying to attack me, all sorts of violent. And, I'm, and I wasn't scared. I wasn't upset. It was like a Robert Kayanja moment. And I was like, oh, you foul devil of hell. You will not succeed. I render you powerless. You will not touch my house. You cannot enter in. You have no authority here. You have no access in any area of my life. And I just kept praying. Suddenly the thing broke. And then the dream shifted. And when I woke up, but as I'm praying, the anointing in the dream was so strong. It was like a pulsing fire. I have never felt anything like this. I felt like a Marvel superhero. Like, boom, boom, boom. And I woke up and my whole body was just throbbing with the anointing. And I knew instantly that there was a spirit that wanted access to my life, but it didn't have power. But I also knew this, that it was more than just me. The Lord was showing me what was going on in the nation. And I asked God, what is this thing? He said, what is this spirit? Because, you know, everybody always tells you, ask the spirit its name. So you're trying to figure out, is it Jezebel? Is it Python? Is it, you know, I read all the books, bro. I got the, I got the Crisco in the back. And I ask, and the Lord, he says, it's, it's a roaming spirit. It doesn't have a name. And I wake up. Anointing's on me. The next day, we go to church. The power of God crushes, I mean slams, inverts our church. I've not seen anything like this in my ministry to date. I'm talking people that can barely walk were running around the building. I'm talking a dude runs forward, said sold his soul to the devil, was going to kill himself, but God brought him that day for one day. He didn't know why he was there, and the power of God set him free instantaneously. We're talking about creative miracles. We're breaking everywhere. Guys, let me tell you something. When I caught, thought, caught it by the Spirit of God last year, what were the churches doing? The Bible says a wandering spirit seeks to find a house that is swept, empty, and clean. The churches in America were found swept, empty, and clean. And on the day our president, at that time, President Trump, opened his mouth. And I love the guy, but he should have never done this and said 15 days to slow the spread. Hell was released across this nation. And the Lord was showing me the only force that can take authority over what has been released across this nation is the body of Christ. You better get a fire in your gullet and rise up. And realize you are not insignificant. That you can war and you have power to bind the enemy in your life and in this nation. It's time to go to another level. Grab it. Grab it. Grab it. Breakthrough. 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 Let me tell you, some of you have been living a life with cycles of pain, cycles of depression, cycles in your marriage, cycles. You're just, okay, it goes good, then it goes bad, then it goes good, then it goes bad. Let me tell you, there is authority being released in you by the Spirit of God to break those cycles right now and take a victory. You will no longer live your life being tossed to and fro. 
You're going to a place you've never been. You're running to that place right now if you've got faith to lay hold of it. It's not about stuff. It's about the power that the church is supposed to live with. We're supposed to be the devil's worst nightmare. And you are the devil's worst nightmare. That's why he's worked tirelessly to beat you up, to bombard your mind with negativity, to send people in your life to try and drag you down. But you will no longer listen to the voice of the enemy. For the Bible declares that the voice of a stranger you will not follow. The voice of your father is what you will hear. It will be what leads you forward. And you are going to another level. Fire! We break it. We break it. We bind the devil off of this nation. We bind him off. We bind every roaming demonic spirit. Every spirit of confusion on this young generation. So they don't know who they are. And they don't know what they're attracted to. We bind that devil of hell. You know who you are. You're a chosen child of God. You're blood bought, anointed, called. And knew before you were formed. In your mother's womb he knew you. Rise up, church. We bind that spirit of confusion. No, no. We will not fall victim to this demonic agenda. We will not slip into the darkness. For Thessalonians says that the spirit of perdition or the son of perdition cannot reveal himself until the restraining force has been removed. You are that restraining force. So start restraining the enemy. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And let me tell you something, men, men, man of the house, stop being a pansy. Rise up and be a man. Stop letting your lady be the one that fights every spiritual battle. Get some loins about you. Gird it up, baby. Fight the good fight of faith. And women, you are the devil's worst nightmare. So tap into this right now. I feel power being released across the field. There's something on this tonight. Come on, stir it up, church. Stir it up, stir it up. Stir it up. These are not words unless you let them be words. If they are more than words to you, if they are something, a seed being deposited in you, that you're going to water with faith and go to another level, grab it tonight. No limits, no boundaries. Say, but I've been focusing on one area so long. Exactly. What did I start with? It's not a kingdom of either or. God will give you a victory personally, and he will give us a victory in this nation simultaneously. It's learning that faith is resting in the power of the resurrection of Christ Jesus. When I was on staff here at the river, I was the finance director. I don't, I, it's a miracle they trusted me with anything. And they had, we would have prayer services every morning with the staff. And we needed a financial breakthrough. So they called me because I'm the finance director. And they were like, pray for finances. And I got up. Man, I took the microphone. Man, I felt like I prayed the greatest prayer I've ever prayed. I was doing everything you're supposed to do. I mean, I was binding, loosing, calling in the north, the south, the east, the west, sending forth angels. I mean, it was like, fire i'm jumping on chairs i'm shouting you know i sit down and i was like whoo man i just called in that money that's definitely gonna give us a breakthrough and the spirit of god whispered to me he said that looked an awful lot like the sons of ball 
The only thing missing was you didn't cut yourself. And I was like, oh my gosh, I felt so small. I was like, what are you saying, God? He said, faith is resting. He said, do your children wake up in the night and scream at you and, and yell at you to, to give them breakthrough and to give them food? No, they sleep through the night and they rise up in the morning because they have total confidence that their father will supply their every need. We're talking about great faith. Great faith is resting on the promises of the father. It's to understand there is nothing left to fear. Ha. It's all beneath your feet. The other day, I woke up Sunday morning and I went to get out of bed and I would bruise my foot Saturday night from jumping up and down preaching. And I was like, oh my gosh, my foot. But two steps in, I was like, oh, that's scriptural. Oh, he'll bruise my heel, but I'll crush his head. <laughs> and that pain was a sign of great breakthrough. I was like, I'll limp all day because I know why I'm limping, baby. <laughs> Bind the enemy. Next step is to loose the angels of heaven. There are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those that are servants of God. The Bible says it this way. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Hebrews 1.14. Loose the forces of heaven. There have been angels assigned to the church. Supernatural angels. Ten foot warrior angels, not naked cherub babies floating around with bows and arrows. Shooting twigs and making you fall in love. The angels of God surround you. It's when the prophet looked at his assistant and said, look again, look again. And finally he could see the entire army on all the hills and he realized there are more with us than there are against us. Church, when you go to pray, when you tap into this area, this supernatural area, remember, as I said, you're a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Jesus said concerning going to the cross, did you not know that I could have called a legion of angels at every, any given moment? And they would have delivered him from the cross. Yet he chose to do it willingly. So that same authority has been given to the church of Jesus Christ today. There are ministering spirits waiting for the church to rise up and begin to take authority and send them forth to do war on our behalf. Church, we're in a spiritual battle. Now, this is actually Christianity 101. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. We are in a spiritual fight, and we've got to take spiritual weapons to a spiritual battleground and take back the ground that has been lost. It's time for this generation to begin to be labeled as the great faith generation. We are people of great faith. We can do supernatural things things if we grab a hold of it. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.